Hello, everyone. I'm Bill Wilson, Senior Editor of Supermarket News, and welcome to another episode of Supermarket News Off the Shelf Podcast. Here with me today is Doug Baker. He is the Vice President of Industry Relations at FMI. Doug, thanks for joining us today. Bill, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk about a study that I believe was released by FMI. It was called Shopper Loyalty in the Digital Age. And obviously, a stat that really stood out to me was that 74% of grocers believe that digital shopping has made shoppers less loyal. So you want to maybe get a little bit more into that. Uh, perhaps this was a um, offshoot of the pandemic and just people getting used to ordering through online. And maybe that just kind of distorted the loyalty aspect there. Yeah, I appreciate it. So uh, the research that we did with our partners, Incisive and Loyal Guru, uh, really sort of highlighted the importance of offering a seamless uh, omni-channel experience. And, uh, you know, it, it, that really is what is best to drive shopper loyalty, or at least foster the loyalty. Um, you know, and it, it includes in uh, providing a well-designed digital platform, integrating the digital channels, and offering personalized experiences that that meet those needs and expectations of individual shoppers. And I think we can probably agree that through the pandemic, it wasn't quite seamless, maybe. It was a little clunky. Um, you know, some retailers were coming on very quickly. Um, and so we've continued to evolve those platforms over time, you know, improving search, you know, allowing lists to go to the basket, you know. So those are an evolution type activity. And I think some of the challenges were is that we were just have to, we had to move so quickly because of the environment that we were in. Uh, that some consumers, you know, they experienced a less than than uh, perfect situation when they were on an e-commerce site. Does that number surprise you? Seventy four percent. Do you think that's too high, or, or were you surprised by that that number? Not overly surprised uh, by the number. Um, you know, if you think about, uh, you know, our our customers, the consumer, they shop multiple stores, right? And there's probably a lot of effort in shopping multiple stores because you got to get in a car, you got to drive to it. Uh, you got to go in the store. Um, right. So there's a lot of effort. Um, but when I'm sitting at my desk or on the couch or on my phone in the car uh, to be able to move from one site to another is, is relatively pretty easy. So you really got to work hard um, as a retailer in order to keep them engaged. Um, so it wasn't a complete surprise, but, you know, on the reverse of, of that equation, you know, it's about striking the right digital balance with shoppers um, so that you can be a strong differentiator for grocery stores. I think it's still important to know that, you know, the brick and mortar stores are, are still the most important asset in the industry for retailers and, and therefore for CPG companies. Uh, so you've got to be able to meet them in both of those locations to make their experiences strong. Um, you know, and the study found that 71% of grocers are saying that improving that <clears throat> shopper loyalty is really a, a top-down op opportunity. It's thinking about it holistically across the organization. So it's got to start at the top and it can't be just a department-specific activity. Otherwise, it'll get too disjointed. So what can, do you have any tips for grocers as far as what they can do to help with customer loyalty when it comes to e-commerce and digital shopping? <clears throat> I think you would be looking at a lot of the same things you look at when you're in the store, right? It's availability. It's convenience, it's speed, it's experience, 
Um, you know, if I'm if I'm more in tune to shopping online than in person, it's how do you connect me? So, you know, there was a big conversation earlier in the year around metaverse, right? We have, you know, I know we have a couple of CPG companies and retailer that are living in the metaverse, trying it out. We like to think of it a little bit more about the connected commerce, um, frankly. And, and so if you think about me as a shopper or you as a shopper, if I tend to lean towards online, how are you connecting me in your environment, no matter where I'm at, uh, being that not only do we shop at multiple stores, but we also frequent multiple digital platforms. So how are you keeping me engaged across that so I'm staying connected? So how can they keep the customers engaged? What could they do to, to make sure that they're locked in on you know, their app or their website so you know you can take advantage of that? Yeah, the app plays an important role, right? If it's a retailer's app, that 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 really keeps you as a captured audience. Um, and so that's extremely important. That's sort of the tip of the spear is making sure that your loyalty app is 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 really tuned in and it, it has all the features that a, a consumer might be looking for. You know, whether it be, you know, recipe recommendations, um, social media, um, helping me find products easier, helping me find products that relate to my lifestyle. Um, but if if you need to depend on other um, vehicles for that, then it's also making sure that those are connected well uh, with your organization. I mean, everybody's spending time on other social media platforms. So how are you engaging that so social media platform in order to have their attention when they're on it? You know, whether that's Pinterest or or LinkedIn or Instagram, any of them, um, frankly, is where is your message and how is your branding um, moving throughout all of those in order to stay connected with your customer no matter where they're at. So it's it's a lot around form and function, but also platform, uh, making sure that you're out across several of the platforms so they see you uh, often. How do you think grocers generally are adapting to this kind of technology when you talk about apps and websites and making them user-friendly and like you said, ease, ease of use and convenience and, and speedy delivery? Have have most grocery chains really caught on to this or are they kind of lagging behind and, you know, they need a little work? It depends if you're comparing us to other industries, right? I think we all agree that, um, you know, electronics and apparel may be moving quicker than, than food, but that's general. Uh, that was always the case. The grocery industry moves a little bit slower. Uh, I actually have been pretty impressed with the pace and, and whether that that was sort of um, out of a need as a result of the pandemic um, and that just accelerated things. Um, I, we do uh, we do some work with uh, Fit for Commerce. Um, we've done a couple of research products with with the with them, and it sort of benchmarks um, retailers where their e-commerce sites are, and it was. It was pretty impressive to see the leaps that they made through the pandemic and since the pandemic. And, and I'll give you one example is search, right? So personally, online for me is not a very good experience because I struggle with search. I'm, when I'm in a store, it's easier for me to find things. It's, it's tactile. I can touch it. Uh, when I'm online, I'm just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And the next thing you look up and you've lost 15 minutes of your day and you'll never get it back. So being able to help a manufacturer, help a customer search that for that particular item and then extending that, searching it based on their own needs, their own personal needs, 
that it continues to improve. Um, but then if I'm if I'm off their site um, and I'm on another site and I'm looking at a recipe that I really love and I want to be able to get those items, but I want to get them from my grocer, making that easier for me to do. All of those things are improving. I think we can debate all day long if they're improving quickly enough because we see the pace of technology growth uh, so exponentially moving fast. I mean, think about uh, chat GBT and how quickly that's moving. You would expect. I think sometimes we benchmark against the fastest moving technologies and we think that everything else should be moving at the same pace. So I'm optimistic, I'm pleased, but you know, you could say we should probably be moving faster. Uh, do these apps or websites really take advantage of, I mean, you mentioned chat GPT, you know, and that accelerated rise. Do these apps take advantage of, uh, you know, voice sensitive information, like, you know, like with Alexa and Siri, you can always like just speak in and say, hey, find me this for this recipe. Have they gone to that extent yet? Uh, there's there's pilots. So there's a group uh, called the Open Voice Network um, that I, I spent a lot of time with and has engaged across several sectors of the uh, several industries, I should say, and globally. Um, and that's being tested. It's been some instances, it's it's further down the road for some, um, you know, grocery retailers. I know QSR is looking at it as well. Um, but that's, again, that's one of those things. And, and I think the reason why it's important to articulate how quickly do we move is that anytime you introduce something like this, you want to introduce um, some consistent standards in the process, right? Otherwise, you have five trains traveling at 70 miles an hour and they're all going in the opposite direction. So being that we have a global economy um, and a lot of the brands and retailers are in multiple states or multiple countries, you need to make sure that whatever you're introducing as a technology is consistent. So having a set of baseline standards. So voice is, is no different. Um, being able to use that voice is extremely important, but there's platforms that support voice. And so how do you create that consistent form and function, whether it be in nomenclature, the way it's delivered, how the experience, you know, create some standards within that and then allow that retailer or that that user of the tool then start to differentiate once they get beyond the standard baseline. So, I mean, we just talked about, you know, the voice activated commands. What are the next steps do you see uh, in the coming years? Uh, you talked about that, of course. Are there any other um, features that you can see that are going to come into play, you know, in the next five years or so? Well, I think I think we, you know, a little bit earlier on, we talked about that seamless uh, seamlessness of of the of the technology and that connected experience that a that a customer might have. I think we'll continue to see an improvement on that so much to the point where. Um, you know, and again, you go back to GPT is how predictive can it become that it knows me so well based on the things that I'm doing and saying and looking at that it starts providing me very specific recommendations, uh, whether that be in the recipe, whether that be in the store with products. How about new items? You know, online, where do you, how do you promote new items online? In store, you can make a nice big end cap out of it. So how do you make the same noise and excitement in, online? So I think we'll continue to see that seamless, that that uh, experience, that uh, customized experience to me specifically, uh, and get to the point where it's actually becoming predictive. 
So all this technology is great. Uh, apps are great. Everything, chat, GPT, all great stuff. But we're going away from the personal touch, the human element here. Um, do you see us going, maybe circling back to that where, where people will go to their local grocer and really establish more of a relationship with them? Or are we gone from that and it's all going to be digital like this and you know that, that human element is going to be taken out of the equation? I think at the end of the day, the one thing that's really um, grounded is that humanity is social, right? We need those social connections. Uh, and the grocery store, the physical brick and mortar store provides that for you. Um, so uh, I think you'll probably see a nice blend. Um, again, uh, you know, 90 plus percent of, of sales are still done in the store. Um, that doesn't that doesn't mean that, you know, e-commerce is always going to be small. I think it's going to continue to get bigger. Uh, but I think the way we use it um, doesn't necessarily mean that I, I can't be in the store using technology or using the e-commerce uh, while I'm in the store. So I think it's really going to be about how technology, the physical and the digital presence comes together to support that customer, no matter where they're at. But at the end of the day, you're grounded in the fact that we are social beings. We need that, that connection. Um, and you get that in a, in a grocery store. It's, there is an experience. Uh, and some people that's, you know, uh, some people have dates in grocery stores, right? It's it's so how do you create that to keep that going is really important. Anything else you want to add about the the study that you guys did release? We've touched on a couple of things, but did anything else stand out, jump out at you? You know, the one that really jumped out at me, and I and I'm thinking, you know, how do we do a better job with this? Is this whole idea of point system? So, 82% of shoppers um, told loyal guru researchers that they preferred price discounts. That's not a surprise, and points as a part of their loyalty program. <clears throat> and so, some retailers dabble with that. Some of them are using it for their private brand programs. So, if you buy a private brand item off the shelf, you earn points, and then you can apply that back. Um, but if you think about how you continue to bring that person back to you, those point systems are, you know, they're, they're, they make sense. I, you know, I go to the same gas station because I earn points and eventually I get cents off or dollars off my next bill. And so I think there's, you know, we have, we maybe haven't tapped into all the ways that we can keep a customer loyal to us, whether they're in the physical environment or the digital environment. And there's something there with that point system because it's a reward system and everybody likes to be rewarded for their loyalty. And how do you do that that actually builds over time so that it really sort of drives them to continue to focus on you uh, because they're trying to build a huge, uh, a significant benefit. So why do you think grocers have been really, it sounds like they have not really capitalized on those point systems the way they could. Why do you think that is? Um, you know, it could be an infrastructure issue. How do you manage it? How do you maintain it? How does the data stay uh, um, correct and accurate? Um, it, it, so, you know, that would be my first um, my first guess at the reason why maybe they're not taking advantage of it as much as, as maybe we hear. Uh, some of them are using it. Um, it just you know, it, I think it's a strategy by uh, retailer, um, you know, case by case uh, retailer strategy. But I would go back to, you know, resource, the ability to collect the data, manage the data, make sure it's complete and accurate and, and executionable. And that's something that, you know, that takes a lot of effort, um, 
you know, when you're doing stuff like that and, you know, systems upgrades and, you know, the people resources to stay on top of it, um, making sure that the customer's doing it, you know, the way they're supposed to be doing it. So there's a lot of work involved. Doug Baker, Vice President of Industry Relations at FMI. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. 